Hello, my beautiful seven-figure millennial listener, and welcome back to another episode of the Seven Figure Millennials Podcast, where it is my job to help uncover the winning strategies that will help you to prioritize your happiness, health, and relationships while making your biggest entrepreneurial dreams a reality. And before we dive into today's show, I wanted to give a pre-show listener shout out to Bob Regneris, who left a review on iTunes saying, Brandon is a well-experienced host and gets great guests with amazing topics. I love the longer format and more conversational approach. So thank you so much, Bob Regneris. And if you're listening to this and you haven't left a review, please do so. It will help others to discover the show. And it means a lot to me. And I read every single one of them. But in today's show, we actually don't have a guest. It's just me and you today. And I have lots of other incredible guests lined up that are already recorded coming for you soon. But right now, I wanted to take the time to hop on and talk about the end of 2020 and the beginning of 2021 at the time of this recording, which we all know 2020 has been absolutely crazy. And I know lots of people right now are talking about goal setting or thinking about goal setting for 2021. And goal setting is incredibly powerful, but today I wanted to show you something that I think is just as powerful, if not slightly more powerful than goal setting. I probably will end up doing another episode on goal setting in the future, but today I wanted to talk about my happiness growth tracking system, which is my three-step system for increasing your happiness and satisfaction with your entrepreneurial progress. So let's cue the theme song and then we'll dive right into the happiness growth tracking system. If you had to pick between A, making a ton of money, B, being happy, healthy, and surrounded with people you love, or C, making a meaningful impact on the world, which would you choose? The good news is that today we don't have to choose. So the question is, how can entrepreneurs like you and me, who have a vision for our lives and aren't willing to settle for anything less, how can we become financially successful and have a big impact while prioritizing our happiness, health, and relationships? You and I are on a mission to find out, and we have an incredible journey ahead of us. My name is Brandon Fong, and welcome to the 7 Bigger Millennials Podcast. All right, so I am super excited for this to be the last episode of 2020 because I believe that as entrepreneurs, we set out to create a business not because we want a successful business, but because we want to build a business that helps us live the lifestyle that we actually want. So that's why this process, I believe, is so important because it will show you how you can systematically increase your happiness and satisfaction with your entrepreneurial progress. But before we dive in, I wanted to start by telling you a story about an incredibly successful entrepreneur who has a company that I believe is bordering a billion dollar valuation that was 100% bootstrapped. But I was listening to a podcast episode that he did and he was talking about one of his fond memories was actually way back in the day when he was just getting started with him and his wife sitting on their couch. They were absolutely broke in their teeny little home and they had to cut up their credit cards just because they had so much debt and they couldn't spend any more. And they talked about that being an incredibly fond memory for them and they really looked back at that time as something that was incredibly great. It was an incredible moment in their lives. And it's funny because sometimes you're going through those kinds of experiences and you feel like they're all negative and you don't want to look at that experience as something positive. But that, that, situation of a successful entrepreneur looking back on on the fond memories of just getting started is not uncommon. And I've met many entrepreneurs who finally hit their goal. They hit the thing that they set out to achieve, but then they feel empty on the inside or it's not what they thought it would be in their heads. So what's the secret sauce? If accomplishing your goals doesn't actually make you happy, what's the point? How do you change that? And the reason why I tell that story is because it recently hit me when I was in a workshop that just, it just was like a ton of bricks. And I was like, 
I don't remember the exact thing that happened, but basically the outcome of what they said in the workshop was to fall in love with the process of growth, not the outcome. And I've heard this many times, but this has hit me an entirely different way this time. Focus on the process of growth, not the outcome. Process focus, not outcome focus. And happiness, what I've learned through all my studies is that happiness is actually in the now. The future and the past are actually not real things. There's a whole book, one of my favorite books is called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. That's a completely separate (laughs) topic for another day. But basically, your entire life happens in the now. It's not in the past, it's not in the future. So if we want to be more happy as entrepreneurs, we need to fall in love with the process of growth. Even if it means sitting on your couch, cutting up your credit cards, because that's actually where the happiness is. It's not in actually achieving the goals or achieving the outcome. So how do you fall in love with the process of growth? And my theory is that it has to do a lot with how you measure your growth to begin with. And so what I'm going to do really quick is I want to read a passage from a book that I've been reading lately called, um, solve for happy and I lost my spot. So, oh, here it is. Okay. So this is on page 247. If you are somebody who likes this book or wants to find it yourself, but I'm just going to read along right here. It's just about a page. So, uh, it's from a section that says, look down along with success and progress. One of the core values of our modern culture is ambition. We strive for higher, farther, bigger and more. We teach our children to measure their worth by how much they achieve, not only in absolute terms of achievement, but in competitive, comparative terms. It's not enough to achieve. What matters is to achieve more than another. That's what we've come to call success. It's not good enough just to learn. You have to have a higher score than a peer. It's not good enough to have an enjoyable, rewarding life. You have to have a better life than your neighbors do. It's not good enough to enjoy playing football. Winning is what matters. But as we obsessively compare we set ourselves up for disappointment because there will always be someone who's gone further or done better. And I'm going to skip ahead a few paragraphs right here, but, uh, comparing yourself to others who seem to be doing better is a behavior that I call looking up. As we look up, we focus on the parts where we fall short. We try to assess how much further we need to go in order to catch up with those who lead the pack. We mistakenly think that we're never good enough until we're ahead. As a result, our expectations of ourselves get inflated and consequently missed. Finally, we think that life is unfair to us in comparison to others, and that thought makes us suffer. There's nothing wrong with wanting to advance in life, but looking up to compare will end in vain. There will always be a reason to feel that you may not have achieved, or sorry, there will always be a reason to feel that what you may have achieved is not good enough. Employees look up at managers and managers look up at chief executives. Models look up at thinner supermodels and millionaires look up at billionaires. Here's a challenge. Here's a challenge. Try reframing ambition so the focus is on the goal of becoming a better person regardless of how you compare to others. Even better, look down. Work hard, grow, and make a difference in the world, but please feel good about yourself. Please stop looking at what you don't have. What you don't have is infinite. Making that your reference point is a sure recipe for disappointment and a sure way to fail the happiness equation. So that is the passage from Solve for Happy. But I believe that the, the going back to what we we're talking about before, I believe that the first step to falling in love with the process is learning how to measure your progress. You need to show evidence to yourself on your progress, not how far you have to go. As that passage in Solve for Happy just said, if we're constantly measuring about the things that we 
we don't have, even if we get to that next level, there's another level where we're just going to feel un- unhappy and unsatisfied. So I'm going to ask you point blank. Do you currently have a process for measuring your progress? For example, if you're listening to this right now, do you know what the wins and progress were that you had last April? Do you know exactly what you learned? And the reason why I'm asking you this question is because if you don't have it tracked, how can you improve? And again, goal setting is an entirely different topic for a future podcast, but I believe that this is actually a key to being able to set effective goals is to have a proper tracking system in place first. So today I'm going to give you my current iteration, and I say iteration because I'm constantly changing and evolving and and growing this, Um, but this is my three-step happiness growth tracking system, and it's comprised of three steps. One, daily tracking, two, monthly reflecting, and three, a yearly review. And for each of those those three steps, I have a tool that I create that I personally use every single day, every single month. And just so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel based on what you're listening to right here, I created these tools so that you can just copy and paste them inside of Google Drive. So if you just are really excited, you want to grab those tools right now, they're free. All you have to do is go to bfo.ng slash H-G-T for happiness growth tracking. So that's bfo.ng slash H-G-T for happiness growth tracking. And that's going to take you to a page that will allow you to get access to these tools that I'm going to mention here. And I'll say it a few more times just in case you are maybe driving or in the gym (laughs) and you don't have time to do that right now. So step one is daily tracking. So the I want to say before I go into how I specifically do this is that the intended outcome is that you journal every day on your accomplishments, your your accomplishments, wins, and your progress. So I'm going to tell you how I specifically do it. You may think it's absolutely crazy. You may think it's super cool, but whatever it is, the intended outcome is that you just journal every day on your accomplishments. And so if you like my tools that I've created, please use them. But if you have a system that's already working for you, or you want to do a hybrid of the two, please do that. But basically I have a spreadsheet that I use where I track what I, my work sessions every single day. And in addition, it's a little bit of a journaling process that I do on top of tracking my work sessions. So I work in 50 minute work sessions with 10 minute breaks. And before I start any work session, what I do is I actually write down specifically what I'm going to do before I start. And then I set a timer for 50 minutes and I shut out all distractions and I don't do anything else except for that thing that I just committed to. Because I used to find that I would just, if I kind of said, oh, I'm going to start working for a few hours, I would just work for a few hours and I wouldn't actually know what I got done. So for me, this is what's worked really well is 50 minute increments. I is People who follow the Pomodoro technique say it's 25 minutes with a five minute break. But for me, 25 minutes is too darn short. You can't get anything done in 25 minutes. So 50 minutes is my sweet spot. Experiment with what works for you. That's not really the point of what I want to talk about today. But the idea is that before your work session, you write down what you are going to accomplish. And then at the end, you write down next to it, what the progress that you made and what you're grateful for in that immediate moment. So again, we're training ourselves to fall in love with the process, to enjoy what's happening on a day-to-day basis, on an hourly basis, because that's really where the happiness is. It's not in the outcome. It's doing the things every single day and being happy and grateful for it. So I do that for every single work session that I do. And then what happens is at the end of the day, I copy and paste everything that I tracked and I, I write, I paste it into another document that is my monthly spreadsheet. And that's pretty much it. What I do on a daily basis for tracking. So then what happens is at the end of the month, I have another tool where I take all the things that I was, I wrote down 
and I will paste it into my month template. And I will say just another thing that I add daily is another thing I write down are just things that I consider to be you know, normal things throughout the day. I'll write what, what I had for lunch, what I had for dinner, what I did with my, my wife, Leo, if we hung out with some friends, if we did some stuff on the weekends. So it's not just the work sessions, but it's also what's been going on in my life because, you know, it's funny. We, we think that things are boring, but then if you look back at what was going on in your life five, 10 years ago, it was, it's interesting to me. And I've been very blessed to say that I've been journaling since 2013. So seven, seven ish years now, maybe even before that, I think my dad sent me some texts, uh, a text the other day with some uh, journaling and some notes that I took when I was seven years old. So again, I don't know if I'm just an alien, but I think it's so cool to be able to revisit and see who I was years ago. And that is what you are able to do when you set up a process like this. So anyways, it's not just for the work sessions. The daily tracking is what I do also to make sure I'm, I'm keeping up to date with what was going on in my life at that point. And it was cool to do when I was traveling all over the world and all of those other stuff. So anyways, now what I've done is I track daily and then I paste the entire month of activities into this month template. And then what I do is I quickly kind of copy and paste and create a a little high level summary. So, you're going to get access to this Google Doc, that the spreadsheet that I already mentioned, and this Google Doc. Again, if you go to bfo.ng slash hgt, you're going to get access to this. But anyways, on the month template, what I do with the massive paste of everything that happened in a month is I begin to categorize them. I categorize them as business wins. What are the biggest business wins that I had? What were the books and content that I consumed? What people and events did I interact with? And what were the key takeaways slash insights that I had throughout the month? So at the end of a month, I basically have a one sheet of all the the biggest progress that I made that reminds me of all the the incredible things that happened in a month. Because again, if you're not tracking this, you literally have no way of determining how far you've went, uh, how how far you've gone. And uh, it's just, uh, to me, it's kind of tragedy if you're not actually tracking this kind of stuff. So Uh, Then what I do once I have this one page summary, I really quickly strip it down even more. I write down my top five business wins and the top five memorable events or personal wins. And then I write down what happened or summary of the month in a sentence. And you may think that that was redundant based on the step above, but this becomes important to me in my yearly process, uh, which we'll get to in a little bit. So that's the reason why it's here. Again, adapt this for what works for you. Again, I, I might even record this next year and I'll have another variation of this. I've, I've been very careful to say this is what I do definitively because it's always changing and evolving. I've taken all these different things that I've learned from so many different people, and this is the process that I use right now that's working for me. So I guarantee I'm going to have a better variation in the future, but this is what's going on right now. Uh, and then what I do is once I have the high-level summary, I then write basically uh, a summary in paragraph form of what was going on, what I, what I was thinking, why I was focused on this stuff, you know, what key insights that were really impactful for me. And that's usually about a page here. So all, all said and done, this month summary is about three pages on a Google Doc. Uh, so most of this is done on a Google Doc. So then what happens is you go throughout your entire year and you then have a uh, 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 the ability to basically jump back in time and see what was going on each month, what the wins that you had, what the memorable events were that were going on, what you, what you learned, what, what was incredible for you throughout the year. And for me, this is one of the most powerful tools because I can go back through the entire year and feel insanely proud, happy, and satisfied with my progress. Because again, we are focusing on the process 
not the outcome. When you fall in love with the process, everything changes. So this is us falling in love with the day-to-day, with what we're doing on the month-to-month, with what we're doing in the year-to-year. Uh, and this really just makes a huge difference for me because it's it's not where goals are important. I'm not saying goals aren't important. We're, uh, like I said, I'm probably going to do another episode on that in the future. But this is a practice that I use to help me focus on the process, whereas the goals is more focused on the outcome, which is really important. So now let's go back to step three. So now as a quick review, we talked about how to do daily reviews. And then we talked about how to do monthly reviews by, by leveraging what we already created in the daily. Now the last part is to go back through the entire year. So I'm recording this on, um, December 28th. And so I literally just spent uh, an entire day almost going through my entire year, figuring out what the heck happened. And it's really cool to see the patterns that emerge. So basically what I do inside of the year document, and again, you're going to get access to these tools that I've already created for you. So if you want them, just go to bfo.ng slash hgt to get these tools. So in the year, year template, what I basically do is I condense each month into one small page. And that's just the top five business wins, the top five most memorable events slash personal wins and the summary and reflection. So again, remember when I said it was redundant before to kind of put that before, that's why it's here. It's because I just want a a one pager really quick, high level, what happened in the month. And then, uh, I, so, so then, so if you look at this Google doc for the year, it's one page per month, high level summary. And then after that, I have one page that I copy and paste the one sentence summary for each month. So basically I can read what happened in an entire year, the high level one sentence of each month. And then I go back and I write a journal on the reflections and thoughts of the year uh, after that perspective. So again, this has just been an incredibly powerful process for me. It makes me more grateful and it really allows me to see the forest instead of getting lost in the trees. It's funny. I look at who I was in January and it's an entirely different person than who I am today. And it's just funny because I do this process all the time. And I know that come June or July, I'll look back at December 2020, Brandon, I'll be like, what the heck was that guy thinking? <laughs> and the, the goal, the goal is to be embarrassed by who you were in the past, because it means that you're growing, it means that you're making progress. So again, just to zoom back out and show you why I believe that this is so important. Unhappiness happens when we compare ourselves to the endless list of what we have to achieve or to other people. Happiness comes from measuring our achievements and wins. So don't be the entrepreneur who is outcome focused and achieves the big goal and feels empty on the inside. Fall in love with the process, not the outcome. And this is how you do it by tracking on a daily basis, on a monthly basis, and then reviewing on a yearly basis so that you can be more happy and satisfied with your progress because you see all that you have accomplished, how far you have come instead of how far you have to go, which is actually impossible to reach because you're constantly going to have more and more to do. So if you want more happiness and satisfaction with your progress in 2021 or whenever you're listening to this in the future, please follow this three-step process. And again, if you want to get access to all of the tools that I already created for you, they're beautiful. If I do say so for myself, I had them professionally designed. You can go to bfo.ng slash HGT. And whether you're listening to this at the end of December, 2020 or not, I am super excited to hear you use this and just be more happy with your progress. And again, you can always shoot an email to support at brandon-fong.com. I do check that and my support team checks that. So there's a good chance I'll be able to read that. And I appreciate hearing 
hearing your feedback and if you have any results from actually using this. It's been monumental in my life and I'm grateful to share this with you so that you can have it as well. So I love you so much. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk in 2021. Hey, it's Brandon here again, and I have a quick favor to ask before you head off, and that is if you are listening to my voice right now and you are currently using either Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it would help me a ton if you could stop what you're doing, take five seconds to tap the number of stars that you think the show deserves. So if you're on Spotify, there's a place to add a star rating right underneath the name of the show. And if you're listening on Apple, just scroll down where you're seeing all the episodes and there's something that says tap to rate. Just tap the number of the stars that you think the show deserves. And you may not know this, but I typically spend over five hours of my own time each week just researching a guest on the show. And then there's the time that's spent recording the show, the intro, reaching out to new guests, and of course, all the editing, publishing, promoting that my amazing wife and high school sweetheart, Leah, helps me to manage. So all that to say, there's a lot that goes on just to get to the point where you listen to this episode. So if you appreciate the content and have 10, five to 10 seconds to spare, it would help a ton if you could leave a quick rating on the show. Extra credit if you choose to leave a review, but just tapping whatever stars you feel the show deserves helps a ton and it takes so little time. So whether you choose to do that or not, I so appreciate you and I'll talk with you soon.